You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Mitch here from Geek Elite Media, and I want to talk to you about Cuts by Candice, an experienced hairstylist that is willing to work with you to get the right look for you. When it comes to important events in my life and I need to look good, I trust my hair with Candice. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of May 2019 and you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook and Cuts by Candice 3 on Instagram and start looking the best you, you can. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds where it's the same year and you're the same person but everything else is different? And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. This week, we saw Avengers Endgame. I stared into the sun. It was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went and saw it. We're not going to try. We're not going to do any spoilers for the movie here on this podcast. We, uh, Geekly Media, did do a uh, spoiler full episode podcast the earlier in the chalk, week. Yeah, yeah, the the yeah, chalked full the po- the afterglow is what we were calling. It. <laughs> Essentially, it's you go and see a movie and you really enjoy it, but that's that might just be because you just watched it and you're you're full of stuff. So. <laughs> That's the that's the initial reaction to the movie, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So we're not going to do any spoilers in, in this one. However, what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Thanos himself. We're going to kind of do a, a a deep dive, so to speak, into Thanos, into the Mad Titan. Uh, some of the things that you can know know you should know about him from the comic books and the stories that came that influence Infinity War and maybe even Endgame. Yeah, just a lot of stuff for you to pick up because Thanos, I mean, he's, he's got a lot of great stories. I mean, he was a top-tier villain, and before the Avengers, like, when he made his appearances, they were epics. So we got a lot of good stuff for you to check out. Yeah, yeah, so we'll definitely get into that, and uh, hopefully we're all here at the end. Yeah, nobody snaps anything. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the spin rack first, though. As okay, always. so it's Wednesday, the greatest day of the week, and here we are at our local comic shops. Here's what's to expect. From DC Comics, you've got Adventures of the Super Sons, part 10 of 12. So, yes, that maxi series is almost to its conclusion. Uh, very exciting stuff. I hear a lot of positive things. Batman issue 70 will be out, and this continues Tom King's mega run because i don't know what you would call 100 plus issues now this is going to be a very interesting issue because this begins uh well it should be beginning the fall and the fallen so if you remember your solicits from about three months ago this is the one with batman riding on a horse and he's pulling behind him uh another batman which we're probably assuming would be his father from the Flashpoint universe. But some last-minute changes have come in. I don't know if that was for him or if that's an editorial thing or whatnot. So, I mean, obviously, if you're in for the story, you're penny for a pound, you know, that type of thought. So you're probably going to go for it anyway. So I don't know what to expect. Um, It is Tom King, so I do trust in the man. 
Uh, speaking of Batman, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, part one of six. Yes, that's right. The Batman TMT folks will have a trilogy, and there's still more to come. Um, I've never bought any of these, but they have just been tons of great fun. It's just a great smorgasbord of all the characters from both those universes, so it's very fun stuff. Now, the next one, they're going to do another one, which is very exciting. Um, that one I might pick up because I think they're kind of labeling it as Crisis in a Half Shell which is kind of cool because it takes t- themes from both. Right. And in that one from promo art that I've seen, it shows Batman and then the four Robins, but they're Ninja Turtles. So Leonardo's Nightwing, Raphael is Red Hood, uh, Donatello is Tim Drake, Red Robin, and then Michelangelo is Damian Robin. That's the most unlikely pairing. Yeah. The only reason I could say that that works is because they're young mentally, I guess. I don't Maybe. know. A little bit of a maturity that's sprinkled <laughs> in there. The other three are solid perfect. But yeah, Michelangelo and Damien don't have matching personalities. But yeah. hey, I'm, I'm all excited. Like, I mean, we've survived the uh, the Infinity Warps. I'm cool with uh, <laughs> Turtle Robins. <laughs> so yeah, it's a lot of good stuff there. So does that make Splinter Alfred or Splinter's Batman. No, actually, I think you're right. Splinter is Alfred in this yeah, scenario. I was gonna yeah. say. So yeah, that would that would work. Um, now, so Casey Jones, Jim Gordon? Mm, no, probably no. not. Casey Jones. Casey Jones. If anything, he's he's Azrael. <laughs> well, hey, I'll take that. There you go. He's got a flaming hockey stick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, ch- uh, I know this is a team that's near and dear to your heart. There. So Challengers of the Unknown. Uh, they actually revived pretty early on, like maybe mid-90s, uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. This was one of their early collaborations. So this is a unique story of theirs that deals with the four, and I think sometimes the fifth challenger, the female challenger. Um, I know it's for sure has the four guys, and so this was a nice eight-issue miniseries that's going to be collected up on them. It's funny you bring that up. Like you said that's a team that's close to my heart. I've never read a <laughs> Challengers of the Unknown book other than the, the new one that they came out of, uh, right, Dark Knight Metal. Right. But I just I want... I, I guess I just want someone to reboot it in a way that starts it off again, but like you know, with the original characters. I don't know how to how to say that. like like a modern like, origin. Yeah, like a modern yeah. origin. Yeah, like, it, like Gail Simone just did with Plastic Man, or yeah. um, Jeff Johns did with Hawkman. You know, kind of thing. Right. Like we we need. I I feel like that would be a great book. It, that it could be a great book. Well, that, that, that's the everyman book. Like, that would be the one that, that, that's exciting. Like, almost, like, you could take them and, you know, like, maybe they're the ones that are, like, immediately on a scene after a fight or they're on the scene during a fight. Mm-hmm. So imagine how they're running around while Superman and Doomsday are beating the shit out of each other and here's these four dudes, like, doing crowd control and then, like, oh, my God, there's this extra weapon there. Let's get this out of somebody's <laughs> bad hands. You know, like, that could be neat. Like, they've got a ton of depth that they could explore. Yeah. No, it, it would be. Like, I think that's always the tough angle of the challengers is they're they're usually when they're done they're done like in that classic feature um because like i know this will be a tough read because it's it's older material like i said i want to say this is like mid 90s because i know i believe this was before um they teamed up to do uh uh, not the haunted night what was that the legend no um Gosh, when they did that, it's one of the oh, fixed stories. There we go. Long Halloween. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's one of those. But uh, the solicit here, though, so it says, Time has finally caught up with the challengers of the unknown. The world seems to have passed them by, and they are now relics, curious artifacts, and faded celebrities. All that changes with their fabled mountaintop headquarters. 
uh, no, sorry, all that changes when their fabled mountaintop headquarters blows up and the quartet suddenly find themselves on trial for their lives. So begins the most audacious case in their careers uh, in these stories from the Challengers of the Unknown, issues one through eight. So if they're bringing back this trade, in a trade, right? Yeah. Does that mean that we might be getting a new Challengers of the Unknown? I'd book? say that's a safe bet. I mean, that that would seem like that's what usually what happens. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, but, I, which is weird because they just got done with the Challengers of an Unknown book from from Metal. Okay, so you read that book, right? Yeah. Now the characters in there were they actually the Challengers, or was it just the title with a whole new set of characters? Second one. Okay, so, so it was just, the only it one was we, just the title. The only one we got to keep was the Professor. Uh huh. Because he uh, he was the professor from a dark dimension that realized what was going on, jumped to our universe, and started putting together new, a new Challenger of the Unknown team so that he could try and stay alive. Uh-huh. Eventually, we get the, the traditional Challengers of the Unknown show up at the Challenger Mountain, and they're like, what the hell is going on? Who are you people? <laughs> kind of thing. And they have their own professor, and, and they're just, you know, th- then the whole, like, Oh, your guys' professor is evil, kind of thing, and and, and the new challengers are like, well, we were still doing good things, so I don't know what's it, you know, yeah, they, how's that a bad thing? Yeah. yeah. So, at the end of it, you're kind of like, I think that the, the, what they're trying to say is the teams are, are merging, but I don't remember. Like that, the, the story was very unrememberable. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, this gives me hope that something would be coming. Maybe they're revamping it and saying, okay, this time let's let's dump the whole AU idea and the alternate rea- universe. You know, let's just mm-hmm. get rid of that and. Have it be the the four guys, bring in the female challenger, and then, you know, start adding to the team. Make it bigger and better. That's my hope, at least. But, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, the collected edition, those are usually good signs. You know, that's that's how I get my cheats. That's how I spoil myself. <laughs> so, we have a team like the Challengers of the Unknown, at that level, I would say that also is, uh, what's that? Um, Blackhawks. The Blackhawks is oh, yeah. also a team at that level. It's very much a... You know, unknown team, like not unknown, but not highly publicized, I guess. Well, they, they got left behind, I guess is the way I look at it, because the Blackhawks, they were definitely golden age. Yeah. They even had a movie. They did a serial. Right. Yeah. You know, because I, I didn't know this until recently, but well, that's like because like fighter pilots are like were the thing like that before superheroes. It's like, oh, oh yeah, you could be a fighter pilot. Yeah, like, like, those were the believable ones. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Because like, what was it? Shazam, Captain Marvel. He was the first superhero. To get his own movie or mm-hmm. movie serial. So I was like, wow, that's surprising. I, I didn't know that. And yeah, I mean, back then they were putting out a lot of stuff and the, the Blackhawks were one of them. So yeah, it's obviously from a, you know, a producing standpoint, it's like, that's pretty easy to do. You know, we don't need to worry about special effects, you know, things right. like that. Costumes will be simple, you know, but yeah, it's a shame that, you know, people like the Blackhawks and the Challengers, they just did not survive. And it's funny because I know they're kind of deeply rooted in bad stereotypes, mm-hmm. you know, which makes me wonder because like I was recently reading um, Uncanny X-Men War of the Realms Part 1 and so when Renee was talking aka Wolfsbane she's she's very Irish and so when they spell words they spell it more in the slang saying so that way it emphasizes the accent right now I know when they did that with the Golden Age of Books two things were happening. They kept that slang accent going on. And also some of those guys didn't know how to spell properly. Right. You know, like borrow, is it B-A-R? Is it B-O-R? You know, depends on how your dialect says it. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting. And like, I know definitely like when they brought the book, like when they brought the, the, the Blackhawks back in the eighties in the action comics weekly run, a lot of people were kind of worried about it. Cause you know, like, Oh no, these are very stereotypical. Right, guys. Right. But I think, 
there is like in this modern world, you can embrace that though, because here's a collective team of men and women from across the world that just want to stop evil. Mm -hmm. You know? So, I mean, if you get the right theme on it, yeah, there's going to be that backlash because everybody's got to put out a 24 seven news article, but to hell with that article, give them the book that people would want. And I think that's a team that could prosper. Now in rebirth or 52 or new 52, I don't remember. We have, uh, Hawk woman or Hawk lady, Hawk woman becoming the new lady Blackhawk. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So was that Shaira or was that Kendra? I believe that was Shaira. Okay, yeah, so that was the the granddaughter, the great grand great grand niece of Speed Saunders. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, they she she becomes the new Blackhawk Black, title holder. Yeah, yeah lady Blackhawk, and then eventually when we get to metal, she becomes also Hawk woman, right? I think so. Yeah, but I don't know if they're doing. Maybe they're having both Hawk woman and hawk girl titles being used. You oh, know, so okay. it's one of those types of things. Because I haven't been reading the Hawkman book, and I don't know if they've tried, like, are you, you, you're getting that book, right? No, I, I did. Oh, okay. I started, and it was interesting, like, the whole Hawkman traveling through time to be with him, like, to interact with his past selves, uh, his past lives, uh-huh. to uh, then put together who he actually is kind of thing. Right. But after a while, I was just like, I, this is just too much. I couldn't. I couldn't stay up with it. Yeah. Well, that's and that's the hard part about Hawkman. Yeah. That, that first one or two arcs are good, and then after that, it's gonna be like, eh. If I really want to deal with a time cop, a space cop, I'll probably read Green Lantern or somebody <laughs> else. You know. So I think again, like there's there's a lot of characters that work better on teams, and that's where I think Hawkman is always the yeah, best. Yeah, I would say the same. It's like, I love the fact that they try and give him dimensions, but just let him be the berserker on a, some team that just is too hot-headed and swings that mace around. Yeah, well, just exactly like, all right, we recognize he's got it past. We recognize everything that's going on, but let's just give him his life now and let him live it, and we get to read about it. Yeah. Because, you know? like, like uh, this will, I know this will this will be hard for me to say in front of you, but, like, like Green Arrow, I, I, I find him, he works better as a team. Mm. So, like, same thing. Like, hey, let's get Green Arrow and Hawkman together and just let them butt heads a little bit. That's a little <laughs> bit of fun sometimes. And then give us that rare issue where they like, hey, you want to go get a beer? Sure. And then they talk and hang out. And then they're doing great. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, let's play a game of pool. And then that's when it all ends. Um, So the reason I brought it up was because, uh, so you got the Team Blackhawk, Challenges of the Unknown. What's another, what's other teams like that that are lesser known, but you you enjoy in the DC Universe, what you would say? Would Uh you put Doom Patrol in that? Or I, I feel like they're a little higher. I think they're a little bit higher right now. Yeah, especially right you now. You know, like if you had asked this question two years ago, I'd say, boom, you're spot on. Mm-hmm. But they are. They're that prime, that low-hanging fruit that got picked, and it's like, okay, let's put them on TV, and it's helping. You know, but yeah, I would definitely say, you know, Doom Patrol could be a part of that group. Um, gosh, ooh, that's tough. Sometimes, and, and I've always been curious about this, but like I've always often heard of the Seven Soldiers of Victory. That's now, true. Now, again, I don't know if that's just a title book. And, like, they just sprinkle people in. Because, like, I know Green Arrow and Speedy at one point were part of that. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's a very Golden Age thing. But they did use it in the Silver Age when they did that Silver Age uh, uh, five-week event back in, like, the late 90s. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe that would be a great title to pick up. Uh, we were talking about this before recording. But, like, the Secret Six, they're definitely. That's right. The Secret they Six. were an old school team. And they, they tried to get that 80s revival. I also so, feel like the the Freedom Fighters is a the thing they, they constantly try and push to, to make it into a mainstream thing again. But it just doesn't work. And I don't know if it's just because, like, it harkens too much back to the Golden Age of, you know, World War Two, and we're the Freedom Fighters. And, you know, Uncle Sam is our leader kind of thing. You know, I, well, I think. 
I think we get that vibe because they keep selling us that vibe. Right. If they were to just do the book and be like, hey, they're the freedom fighters and they're taking on neo-Nazis and they're tackling today's issues, that'd be really cool. True. Like, I mean, and then could you imagine too, like do some internal strife, you know, like let's not that I'm going to open that can of worms, but yeah. imagine like, you know, they start talking about the immigration crisis. Yeah. What, what you know, exactly is the American way th these days? Yeah. And, yeah. and then in the team, you know, you could have like, obviously uncle Sam, the hope is he's going to be the more open-minded one. So, but he's also going to be the middle of the road because mm -hmm. he's going to be like, I want this to happen, but I also respect the laws, you know? And then you could have the human bomb and he's like, Oh, no, the law is the law. That's how it goes, you know? And that would be neat stuff. And then, you know the ray he's in there and you know you could take the current ray who's the son of the original ray or maybe mm -hmm. grandson and i think that would be fun that that could be that but yeah they always just seem to be like let's put him back into world war ii and we'll put him back into that alternate universe and it's <laughs> like you know i think both companies really need to lay off the alternate universe stuff right now you know it's it's just a bit like i mean i don't mind it i, I enjoy that stuff but it's not special anymore and because everybody's doing yeah, a right. story right. yeah and i one thing I would definitely do, and I know this would probably hurt the the um, the the marketing of the book in general, is I would redesign Uncle Sam. I would not keep the old school top hat, get Billy Goat beard, and red, white, and blue. Like I would still have him red, white, and blue, but right. more tactical armor kind of looking. Ooh. Maybe I mean it might get a little too Captain America ish, but U.S. agent, <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, a little too U.S. agent. But like I I I don't know, just like. That propaganda image of, of Uncle Sam, like, <laughs> we want you kind of thing, or I want uh -huh. you, like, it just, it doesn't sell me on that book. Yeah, it's it's a little dated. I mean, I, I, I definitely, I, I'm old school, so I, yeah, you, would, like, yeah. you know, but I mean, I do see what you're saying, and that would be kind of neat to do something different with them, you know, like, have them in a different type of scheme, a different kind of look, you know, maybe, yeah, he's wearing... You know, a pair of blue jeans, that's very American, you know, and then he's got like a red button up shirt rolled up at the sleeves, you know, and give him that white tie and there's his red, white and blue, you know, and he's like, yeah, you know, something. Yeah, that could be worthwhile. I think uh, maybe this 4th of July we, we, we do a challenge of of freedom fighters. Ooh, see so what, see freedom fighters is. in the Marvel U, huh? Yeah, maybe. All right. <laughs> but going back to Uncle Sam, as long as he's not wearing Crocs, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, would, I wouldn't do that to us. All right, good. <laughs> all right, let's see. Moving along. Speaking of, I was just bashing alternate realities, but here comes a new one, and this one I'm actually pretty excited for. Deceased is finally going to launch. That's issue true. one will come out. It's a six-part miniseries. This one, I'm very, very excited because I love when Marvel and DC do the same story, and I don't say that in a disrespect respectful way i just love to see different views on a situation so, i mean that's the whole premise of our show well, exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah you know and so i'm very excited like i went and bought the marvel zombies trade and i'm super stoked to just kind of like i'm gonna try to read you know issue one issue one read them both and then go from there so i might be hyping this up more in my head but i think this is going to be fun tom taylor is the writer of this um they are doing a lot of variant covers so i think they're going to be investing a lot in this one so i'm very excited do you have any more. any idea of what the actual story is yet so from what i'm gleaming i guess i think it's fine like dark side is is putting out like a like a trans mode virus and so he's gonna corrupt us all because it's like I, I, I don't think it's necessarily like the zombies of the dead it's more the zombies of the brain dead technology users so like i mean how many screens do we sit in front of how many hours do we put behind a screen so you use like a mother box but you use it as a basis of evil you know so maybe this is like the 
the anti box triple X ending or something, <laughs> and it just goes in there and corrupts us, and it it puts out the um, oh, what is it, the anti life equation. So I think that's kind of what this will be. Is it's it's themed like Marvel Zombies, but it's more gonna be like Dark Side wins. Okay. So let's see what happens. But I could be wrong, but that's kind of what I'm gleaming from stuff. Um, this is going to be a big book, and uh, it's going to launch the next year of DC Comics. So for $0.25, cents, so that's right, go buy four, give three to your friends, or keep two. DC's Year of the Villain number one. This is going to launch the big stuff. It's going to affect the Superman books, the Batman books, and the Justice League books. And, of course, we're going to get that bat-ear grinning son of a gun known as the Batman who laughs. So the solicit reads... Evil is winning. Lex Luthor and the Legion of Doom conspire with cosmic gods, bending mankind toward a dark destiny. Elsewhere, the Scourge of Leviathan spreads unchecked, seizing power in every corner of the world. And all the while, the Batman who laughs busies himself in the shadows, aligned with no one yet. Aligned with no one yet with sinister plans for all. The carnage starts here as the bad guys take center stage in the year of the villain, the most treacherous event in DC Comics history. So macked with united goals, other with plans selfish and secret, every one of them on a monstrous collision course against Batman, Superman, and the heroes of the DCU. And our heroes will fail us. Don't miss the start of the year of the villain. The, 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 that was going pretty good. Yeah. Don't miss the year of the villain featuring the talented, talented writers, Brian Michael Bendis, Scott Snyder, James Tinian IV, and artist Jim, Jim Chung, Alex Mavely, and Francis Manipool in a cover by Greg Coppolo. So again, this is 25 cents. So I would recommend buy three because depending on how you like to stack your comics, but there's definitely going to be spinning off into Leviathan, uh, spinning off into Justice League. And then I could have sworn I saw Bane on this one. So I think it might actually go into some of the Tom King stuff mm. because after we have the whatever I just announced, the current arc was going to be the Fear and the Fallen or something right. like that. It's going to launch into, I think, issue 75. City of Bane. Mm. So that's going to be some big stuff there. Um, in the solicits, so right now I think we're looking at the July comics. We're starting to see a lot of variant covers with bad guy faces on them. Mm -hmm. So this kind of makes me think back to when they were doing that faux faces of evil. I thought right. that was kind of neat. That's what I was going to bring up. Like, I mean, we know comic books, they, they tend to trend, recycle ideas, recycle <laughs> ideas trend on, trend on uh, the same idea over and over. But like, I feel like DC has done the, the year of the villain or just spotlight on the villain many times over. We had uh, New Year's Evil. We had yeah. Faces of e Villains or Faces, faces of Evil. That faces way it was evil. Faux, faux there. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, even the current Justice League book, every yeah, other book is the Doom. Legion of Doom book. Yeah. Like, it's... We love our villains too. I mean, we we understand that, but it's just like you guys have so much other stuff. Like, why is this constantly a thing? Yeah. Well, it, it's it's interesting, and I think DC is really. I think they're going to try to pride themselves on the villain market, mm. you know, because it's like, yeah, we can launch characters like Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Shazam, but they really want you to focus on the villain part of it. So that's why I think when Wonder Woman 1984, right, isn't that what it's yeah. going to be called? When that movie comes out, we're going to have a strong villain focus when it comes to the cheetah. Right. Like, they're going to really put a lot into her. They did put a lot into Savannah. They've given him more backstory. Not that he had much to play with, but they've given him that, tried to make him more empath empathic to us. Um, and then especially, too, with Black Manta and Aquaman. So yeah. I think that's what they want to do. Yeah. Is give us that story. I feel like, because you hear this from people who read comic books a lot, the whole um, DC has the the, the more Boy Scout-ish uh, superheroes. Yeah. So whereas Marvel has the everyday man heroes and 
uh, I, I'm not agreeing with this, but I just feel like this no, I've, I've heard that often. So, like yeah. DC Comics is for your dad, Marvel Comics is for you. Yeah, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so your heroes and your villains in the Marvel universe they kind of blend. Like here, constantly we get villains that are like, okay, I'm gonna be on your hero team right now, kind of thing. Yeah, like I'll do my I'll do my heroic bit for <laughs> a bit. Yeah, you know. I mean, what, in X Men right now, we got Juggernaut jumping back over onto the X Men team, right? Yeah, yeah, he's gonna come back. Um, but. Then you have then the DC side where people are like, well, we can't really relate to the the heroes enough because they're too good, which I think says more about you than it does about the, <laughs> the comic books. Right. But so DC's like, well, we need to focus on our villains, which have more uh, dimensions, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and that's why they constantly focus. I mean, people love the Joker. It's just a oh, thing. Oh God, yeah. It's he's... not someone to idolize, but they do love him. They do love him. Yeah. Um, so that I mean I get that, but you don't you don't hear that about Luther. I don't hear people saying like ah oh, Luther. That's who I connect with because Luther is that vile. <laughs> like but he's also super rich. Yeah, well, well, exactly, and that's what people hate. You know, it's like you know they don't want to look at that and be like oh you know it's it's just we we naturally hate that because look at your bills, look at your taxes. Yeah. You know, so that's that's real evil. We can't fight that. But somebody running around like the Joker, we want to think like oh I could be that that's anarchist free. and yeah. I could do that. Yeah, he's woke. Uh-huh. You know and all. That type of stuff, yeah. So it's see, and then you think about you know the billionaire on the good the good side, Bruce Wayne. Like right. everybody's like, oh no, Batman's the best. Batman's okay because <laughs> he spends his money on training himself yeah, and crime. <laughs> it's okay because I could be a Robin. Yeah. So I don't know. I I just find it I find it interesting that they constantly go back to that villain well, and I I have to assume it's because they the way they see it is that people love the villains in DC because they're more relatable. Yeah, no, I think you're right there. You're hitting it on the head. They mm-hmm. just, they feel that their villains are way more relatable because can we relate to Dr. Doom or Galactus? No, but we can relate to super, or we can relate to Lex Luthor with jealousy. Mm-hmm. We can relate to Lex or to the Joker with our tiredness of the system. Mm-hmm. You know, Black Manta just being, you know, brought down by Aquaman constantly. We can relate to those things. Right. You know, those are all self-made men. Some Meanwhile, kind of authority yeah. bringing you down. Kind of, yeah. 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 Know, so we can, they definitely do that. But I do find it funny because I want to say, I think it's in July or maybe it'll be August, but we are going to get a villain-inspired event from Marvel as well. Are we? I wonder if they were just scrambling like, oh, DC's going to do something? All right, let's do that too as well. <laughs> or is it just a happens of co- coincidence? So, but yeah. But anyways, going back to that, you're the villain. That's going to be their big... Um, because this Saturday will actually be free comic book day. So let me remind you about that. Go to your local comic shops, go to your libraries, wherever they're offering free comic books, say thank you and then partake in what's out there to offer. And so DC will not necessarily play in that field as much. Like they'll have their standard book out there, which will just be kind of something fun and forgettable. But this will be the big comic to compare everything to. This is where the year is going to launch out of. So yeah, DC's Year of the Villain, like I said, I would recommend buying three just because there's probably going to be three stories in that. Uh, Moving along, we're going to get Green Lantern issue seven. So again, Grant Morrison's trippy tale across the Green Lantern universe. This cover is beautiful. It just shows like a very, uh, just Hal Jordan standing there in front of this emerald city in space with floating asteroid steps and stuff like that. So it's just crazy. I mean, this book has just been fantastic. So this begins the second arc. Um, I, there's just going to be a lot of craziness to expect. So I don't even know what to speculate. And so I'm excited. Uh, Justice League will be hitting issue 23. So we're almost coming up on the second year of it. Um, and we are still dealing with the sixth dimension. Uh, so this is basically more Mixy Plick, but like 
beyond an eviler. So yeah, so there's some good stuff there. Kingdom Come will be released as a trade paperback. This will be part of their Black Label Edition. So I don't believe there's any new material in here. It's just going to be a more different cover and part of the labeling system. But if you have never partaken in the story, I highly recommend it. Um, I know this was one of those ones that when I first got into comics, it forged my fanhood. Uh, Alex Ross has amazing art. Mark Wade has a ton of knowledge about heroes and they did a lot of great stuff there. So I'd highly recommend that one. Um, Wonder Woman and the Justice League Dark, the Witching Hour will be collected as a hardcover. So that'll contain that story arc uh, crossover with Wonder Woman, the JLD. And then Young Justice issue five will be hitting us. Um, how far are you along in that book? Are you at issue four by chance? I am not. I believe the last one I read was issue two. Okay. So I'm a little far. I'm a little so behind. You're going to be getting some spoilers. Okay. Like, there is some crazy stuff that's going <laughs> to be happening. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know if you've read them already. Like it's, it, I'll, I'll at least tell you the character it's going to be affecting Superboy. Yeah. I heard that. You heard, I heard that. Okay. I, I mean, so, I didn't hear, I didn't hear the spoiler, but I heard that Superboy is going to be really affected. Oh yeah. Okay. So I'm going to wait then. Oh, I'll, the sun. Okay, never mind. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Yeah, Superboy has a wife and a kid. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. That's insane. That's, like, that is Connor as a father. That's, yeah. So we have a fourth generation Super. No, that'd be third generation. Yeah, he'd be a third generation. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Honestly, like, wow. You know, like, because I was looking forward to see, like, Connell and... Jonathan like face off. Now it's gonna be like, eh, Connell's old news. Let's <laughs> age the baby and then we'll have two Superboy. You know, like it's it's gonna be crazy. But yeah. Uh, definitely some big crazy stuff there out of Brian Michael Bendis. All right, speaking of Brian Michael Bendis, he will link us over to Marvel Comics. How's that for a segue? So coming at you from Marvel Comics this week, we have Age of X-Men continuing on via Prisoner X Part 3 of 5. On the Amazing Spider-Man side of things, issue 18. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Before, you, before you move on, the All Age right. of X-Men thing, um, because of our roundtable, I got to catch up on a lot of X-Men, Uncanny X-Men. I did not read any of the Age of X-Men stuff. When... Age of X-Men is finally over. Yes. How many trade paperbacks do you think that will consist of? Because that's a lot of books. So I could see them doing... And this is going to be tough because you have the Age of X-Men Alpha and Omega. Mm -hmm. So how do you collect those? Uh, because whatever you put it in, like my bet would be probably, I think, the Marvelous X-Men. I think that's going to be the main book. Mm -hmm. And so you do the Marvelous X-Men, and if I remember correctly, I think they're all five-part stories. And there's five five-part stories. Prisoner X, Marvelous X-Men, um, Nightcrawler. Since they're extreme X-Men? I don't know, but I don't think so. It's not oh. in the bell, but, but I think there's at least five books. Okay. And so I, I could see this being five, maybe six trades. Um, if they really wanted to sell it, I would say do it as like two thick trades, you know, collect the whole thing. So you're talking what 27 comics, you know, do it something like that. 13 and 14 and age of X-Men alpha age of X-Men Omega. And it has the whole story. And then, you know, if it all does well enough, a giant omnibus. Yeah. Why not? You know, it'd like, be nuts, man. Yeah. Well, sh Yeah. <laughs> but those are the things like they, they they definitely get you you know like i mean if cyclops had been a part of it i probably would have been more proactive right. to read it but he's but in our he world wasn't, yeah <laughs> he's in our world and i am loving what they're doing so all right so you caught up to uncanny right yeah i mean yes i'm on i've read up to 16 oh my god so what are your thoughts i've been wanting to pick your brain because <laughs> i'm loving this and i feel like this is kind of like i think I, I feel like this is a story that you would like you know this ragtag group of heroes and their backs to the wall like so give me your thoughts i do love that i, I love the idea of of 
Cyclops and Wolverine both being back from the dead, not exactly knowing what's going on around them, you know, what world they're in. Uh, Wolverine even more so because, once again, his memories are all fucked up. And Good. <laughs> the, yeah, the two of them just, they rely on each other, and they re- but they recognize that their relationship isn't the best. Like, neither one of them is going to be the best man at the wedding, but the, both of them will be there when they need it yeah. kind of thing. Um, that's awesome. So they're both kind of, well... Up until issue 16, they're both, like, co-team captain. But then when, you know, Scott's like, you're right. I fucked this up the last time. So I'm not captain. We're all captain. Like, we're all the leaders of this group. So we're going to – it's going to be more of a uh, uh, democracy, I guess, so to speak. The whole, like, the ragtag team, the just, like – who is left and they're going to like, those are the X-Men like kind of thing. That is nuts. Like it took me a a second to realize that when we had the age of X-Men snap, so to speak, it wasn't all mutants. It was just all X-Men. So people that had, had that had been a part of the team in one way or the other are the ones that, well, at least, you know, sparsely got taken to this new world. Mm -hmm. That's why when you go, he, he, uh, the, the team, quote unquote goes to see the Morlocks like why weren't all of these people gone it's because they weren't X-Men they're Morlocks like they're mutants the mutants are still around it's just they're not part of the X-Men which is it's just it's weird it's the weird line and that was what like I'm getting I was getting that earlier with the whole villain thing like especially with the X-Men and and the X-Men part of the Marvel Universe right Every one of the X Men's villains has at one point in time been on the X Men team. Has yeah. been a has been a hero. So even to the speak. Sentinels, <laughs> even the Sentinels. <laughs> yeah, and that's because the I think that's because the X Men themselves, since their creation, have kind of also been the villains because oh. the pe- the people, so to speak, have hated them. Like they have been against the X Men because they are against mutants. Like. They are the ultimate reluctant heroes. They are the one. I mean, we uh, Marvel loves to paint Spider-Man as the oh, J. Jonas Jameson wrote another op-ed piece about how I'm a bad guy, yeah. but people still love Spider-Man. They're like, oh, thanks, Spider-Man. Like every once in a while, there's a cop that's like, no, Spidey. you're no, well, he's also oh, like, no, you're sure a villain. I'm gonna take you in, and then he saves him. He's like, oh no, you are a good guy. Even with the X-Men, it's still like, nah. You guys are evil. You are yeah, weapons. We just saw you stop <laughs> a black hole from forging in, in, in Central Park, but get the hell out of here, you damn mutie. Yeah. yeah. So it's it. That's I think that's the reason why that line blurs so much in the X-Men part of the universe. Oh, yeah. Well, it's easy because like when you look at motivations, like the X-Men, their motivation is survival of all. Mm-hmm. The villain's motivation is self-survival mm-hmm. you can't fault them for that no yeah, you really no no can't, no you know? yeah, yeah I, so. and, and, and like we go back to this the whole yeah you the one that if you want to say the the xavier dream is that we all live together with the humans but the magneto side is like nah they're trying to kill us we need to kill them first yeah like that's the back back in the day i don't i don't think you you'd say that about magneto anymore or this version of magneto or what, all over. <laughs> <laughs> so how was that twist yeah. When Magneto shows up, you're like, oh, it's Magneto. What the hell? <laughs> Him and Scott were just friends. And then all of a sudden, no, it's Joseph. Yep. Like, wow. No. Uh, so, yeah, I, I am enjoying that book. Um, I like what they're where they're going with it. That whole, like, they keep talking about, and, and I, I'm not reading Astonishing anymore, so they keep talking about Xavier in the past tense and how he's dead, but I thought he was alive in Phantom X. He is, but I don't think he's let everybody know that. 
That is weird. Part of that astonishing arc was Psylocke. She was in that that book, wasn't she? Yeah, but Psylocke. I know she's she's, both, she's nobody and also or no, 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 no. And, so that Psylocke that you see in this book, that's Kowanin. Right. So that's the original. So like the 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 mentality of Cyclops or sorry, of Psylocke, she's gone. She's over in the Age of X book. No, I understand that. Oh, okay. But 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 yeah, you're you're exactly right. So I don't know. Yeah. It's no Xavier hasn't really revealed himself yet. Uh, he kept it very tight that he's back. Um, and it's weird because it's like sometimes they allude to it's like oh no everybody knows and then sometimes they allude to it's not. Mm-hmm. I think that's what House of X Powers of X is going to do. Like this will be the big return of Xavier to the X Men proper, another alternate reality, something I don't know. But. I mean, I, and I guess Rogue and Gambit were part of that astonishing team, and they're off on Mister and Mrs X yeah, in, in outer space, so maybe they haven't told anybody. Um, wasn't Beast on that team? I could have sworn. I thought he was. But then again, again I think he's maybe, in the Age of X too. Yeah, and I think maybe he was on the Havoc team, which was the book after. Oh, okay. So Xavier's because Charles Soule, when he wrote Astonishing X Men, he did the first twelve issue Maxi arc that brought Xavier back. Um and then the there was like another six or eight issue arc written by Rosenberg, who's currently writing Uncanny. So I actually kinda want to go back and read Rosenberg's Uncanny or his astonishing arc, and then read that uh, New Mutants Dark Souls and see if anything from that spills off into what he's doing here. Because, mm. I mean, the guy does love his continuity, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so, I, you know, I, I mean, Uncanny, I got to say, I'm excited for it again. Like, it is great to be, like, that's one of my top reads. Also weird to have Dark Beast on the team. Yeah. Well, and especially, and like... And also, like, partly robotic Dark Beast. Yeah, right? His weird <laughs> octo legs yeah. or spider body. Yeah. Well, and this is the part that gets annoying. But again, you know, villains will always have that. So we saw Dark Beast die in Brian Michael Bendis's Uncanny Run. Mm-hmm. Like Cyclops, Magneto, and Emma, and Magic. They were like, oh, our powers are acting weird. And they're like, oh, it's because we, have, we were the Phoenix Five. Well, Colossus is doing fine, and Namor's doing fine. And then Magneto's all screwed up, and he wasn't part of the five, so they were like, well, because we used our powers on you, and ha, 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 bad writing, ha, 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 ha. And then you come to find out, basically, Beast infected them with nano-sentinels. Mm. Or Dark Beast, sorry. Dark right. Beast infects them. And then so they go, and Dark Beast is like crazy villainous, and he's like, I'd rather be dead than captured, ha, ha, and he dies. And then we see he's dead. And then it's like, okay, I guess the, the threat of Dark Beast is done and over with. Nope, he's back, just unexplained i mean i get it with him having that you know he, he's basically hank henshaw right yeah cyborg. no yeah yeah you know, he's a sick brilliant man that just is creepy robotic so <laughs> new uh amalgam comics you have oh my god hank right? mccoy and hank henshaw coming together yeah. as men. <laughs> cyborg beast uh, yeah yeah <laughs> oh man that's a deadly that's a i like that They'll just call him Hank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there'll be an acronym, Hank, H-A-N-K. Oh, wow. You know, human, anamorphic. Neo. No, yeah, Neo. Knowledge bot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hank bot. <laughs> there you go. Nice. All right. So we're moving along uh, into the, the amazing side of things. Amazing Spider-Man issue 18 is getting a second printing that is dealing with some of the hunted arc. Uh, amazing Spider-Man issue 20.HU. And this issue will focus on the vulture. So he is one of Spider-Man's oldest villain and also his oldest villain. When does this come out? Uh, this Wednesday. Mayday. That's right. Yes. Yeah, we're, so, we're talking about yeah. it today. So yeah, so that that's the current issue that we're at. Once on again, that. Vulture is getting a push. 
we have a new Spider-Man movie coming out in July. Last Spider-Man movie had a lot to do with Vulture. I wonder if he's going to be showing up again in the new Spider-Man movie. I wouldn't be surprised. I think if they were smart, they should. Yeah. You know, like they definitely, definitely should. So I'm hopeful. I I like that. Um, Let's see. Nick Spencer is currently the writer of Amazing Spider-Man. So his stories are collected and we will be having Amazing Spider-Man by Nick Spencer, Volume 3. So this will definitely be all the lead up stuff till Hunted. Uh, Here's an interesting book. If you are liking The War of the Realms and... I think I'm going to be mad at myself. So I I didn't, like, I always fall for it. I buy the main story arc. I buy most of the tie-in issues. And I find myself just being so bummed at how disconnected and how much the event did not stick the landing. And this event has, like, a lot of my characters getting some cool moments. And I was like, oh, no, say no, say no, say no. So anyways, I caved and I bought the Uncanny X-Men tie-in book. And you have to. Because if you look at your issues of Uncanny, they have the legacy numbers. And they actually, in Matthew's run, they go to the uh, War of the Realms story. So it's like issue 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and then War of the Realms 1, 2, 3, and then Uncanny 16 and so on. So it's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I didn't order it. I didn't bother with it. And now I'm missing it. And I read it. I, I, I read the digital. Loved it. Wow. That it, but again, it's Matthew Rosenberg. It's his team. It's what he's doing. So that was really good. So anyways, if you are enjoying War of the Realms, I think this one is going to be good. Why? Because I didn't get it. So now it's going to go skyrocket in price. So they are doing an Art of War of the Realms trade paperback. So that's very exciting because you're going to see a lot of the variant covers, a lot of the character sketches, and even stuff that didn't get approved. So, like, how should Daredevil have looked in this case or whatever the case may be? So, those books are always chock full of spoilers and what if. So, definitely, if, you tro- if you're enjoying it, treat yourself some more. Uh, Avengers No Road Home, issue 7, will be getting a second printing. Black Panther Killmonger, by any means, his recent miniseries will be collected as a trade paperback. Champions will be celebrating their fifth issue, and I'm not too sure if this is the, you know, this is the tie-in one. So for those of you Cyclops fans, the Champions will re-team up with Scott Summers. And that's right, Scott does have all his memories, so he will know these guys, and it's going to be tough for them because now they're teaming up with adult Scott. So how are they going to feel about that? Shenanigans ensue. <laughs> uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys Marvel History, Part 3 of 6. We're halfway through that arc. Dead Man Logan, Part 7 of 12. Um, I've been enjoying that one. It's it's tying up a lot of the loose ends, so that'll be kind of neat to see what's going on. Gambit is getting a collected trade paperback. Gambit, the King of Thieves, complete collection. So this was his series by James Asmus and Clay Mann. Um, so this could be really interesting. Um, you know, again, he's getting a feature trade. Now, I know they do have their own miniseries, but I wonder if that means there's going to be some major plans for Gambit. Or was this just the thought process of, hey, he's going to be having a movie? Oh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if the, the movie had any influence on, on this one because we've it's been pushed back so much and, and yeah. canceled that it, it at this point they would have either canceled the idea or not it's not like yeah. it was so close that they they missed a deadline or a cutoff or yeah. something like that well exactly yeah but i mean it's collecting old stuff so but who knows yeah and hopefully, hopefully, you know it could be disney's mandate to be like hey how about you bring up more interest in the character and then yeah, we'll talk about we'll doing what movie. happens yeah so maybe so if you want to save gambit buy this trade <laughs> uh let's see major x part one gets a second printing and major X issue three will be out. This six part miniseries that nobody asked for uh, is going to be out there. So this is, 
I don't even. I'm not even gonna talk about it. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Matrix, as as you've you've told me because I haven't read it, is is the son of Cable. Yes. So that means the adopted daughter of Cable, Hope, and the son of Cable both exist in the same world now. Or maybe is Matrix in a different dimension? X, it's not necessarily a different dimension. It's in a different time. Like this is going back to like 80s. Oh, okay. So this was like when X Force was at its heyday. I guess I shouldn't say 80s, 90s. You know, so this is like right around the first appearance of Deadpool and so when X Force. When this is that Rob Lee feels hate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is like ah oh, shit. I should have made another character. I need more money. I'll say I made a character. It's like the Sentry. It's right. gonna be like that. So right. I I I don't know what to tell you. Some of us have good taste and some of us don't. So this is interesting. <laughs> uh, not to get off too far of a tangent, we have, but if you if you take into just the cable part of the Summers family, you have cable, strife, Wi-Fi. Uh, <laughs> Hope and now at Major X. Like, and he even had his son Genesis. I think it was an adopted son, but Cable did also raise another kid. Wow, I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah. So that killed him. It makes sense because that's <laughs> what I was going to draw the parallels to. Because uh, over at Dead Man Logan, you have you know Dead Man Logan or Old Man Logan, um, actual Logan, X twenty three, X twenty three, Gabby, Dakin, Dakin, uh, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy from the Ultimate, Ultimate Universe, yeah. Sabretooth, if you want to believe that he is related in some way or not. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, what would you say the name of that clone that showed up in the search for Wolverine was named? Uh, oh, the well, that clone robot, Albert? Albert, thank yeah. you, yeah. So, I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot of similarities. And then you go back to the connecting thing of Cable was originally supposed to be Wolverine. Oh, no, that's what they did in the Ultimate stuff. No, Cable... Was originally supposed to be uh, Cannonball. Oh, that's right, yeah, Cannonball. Yeah. Cannonball. So that was. But crazy. yes, they did do that in the Ultimates. Yeah, that, uh, so like, oh, the hell with it. Let's just make Wolverine. Let's make Wolverine be even more cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's funny because it's like uh, I know, like when we first met, like I think you know when you were talking when you were trying to introduce me to Chris Jitsi, it was like this guy understands the Summers family tree. You know, it's like these characters have become so convoluted. You know, <laughs> and it's funny because. Like when you're a new fan, it was daunting to like try to like learn these trees and whatnot. And nowadays, some of these, you know, some of the newer fans have been around. And so now it's like, we're not worried about that. You know, it's like, oh yeah, all the different Wolverines. Sure. You know, like I can't wait till we have Wolverine force, you know, yeah. W force. You yeah, know, I won't like doubt it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's something else. I mean, I guess technically you could throw in a uh, Hulk Wolverine in there because he has part true. Wolverine. He is, yeah, he's part Wolverine. Uh, then let's do, let's go, let's go to the MC2 rep. We'll pick up wild thing, oh, bring man. her back. Yeah. You know, the daughter of Wolverine and, and, and Psylocke. Psylocke. Yeah. Let's get them all in there. What is it? Uh, into the spider verse, into the, into the wolf, Wolververse. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. Uh, but yeah, anyways, oh yeah, major X proceed at your own caution. I trust you. I hope you have good taste. <laughs> um, man without fear, death of daredevil trade paperback will be released. This was a, if I remember correctly, a five part mini series that bridged the gap from Charles souls, daredevil to chip Zardaski's daredevil. And I'm going to, I'll be honest with you. I, I bought it out of fan loyalty. Cause it was like, Oh, okay. This will be, this is a daredevil arc. It didn't look that good because it didn't have the same artist. So that tells me, you know, it's just like, Hey, let's just get something out there. Keep publication going, which is totally fine. And this series actually blew my mind. It was better than I thought it would be. Uh, it really got inside Matt's head and it dealt with the fact of your body is broken. You know, like you hear about people when they talk about a loss of a limb and they have phantom limb pain and stuff like that. This one was great. So I really highly recommend it. If you are a fan of Matt and you passed on it, pick up this trade, treat yourself. 
Marvel Tales, Avengers number one. So in continuation with Marvel's 80th anniversary, they are bringing back the Marvel Tales title, which was a classic reprint Spider-Man book. And now they're featuring other characters. So in this one, you will actually get a reprinting of Avengers issue 16. The first time they changed the uh, Avengers team. And if I remember correctly, I think that's the first time we see Captain America say Avengers Assemble on a cover. Um, Thor was the one who actually coined the phrase Mm. Avengers Assemble. Um, then you get issue 57 reprinted, which is the first appearance of the vision. And then you get issue 264 reprinted where we meet the new yellow jacket. And, um, I believe this was the female yellow jacket. I don't know. I don't know much about her. She was a very tragic character from what I hear. So yeah, so that's, it's going to be a thick book, but it's going to have a lot of neat reprints in there for you as well. Uh, Marvel team up has been relaunched. So we're on issue two and this continues the Spider-Man and Ms. Marvel team up. Meet the Scrolls, part four or five, coming right out of Captain Marvel. So we're going to see some scrolls. Maybe we'll like them, maybe we won't. Who knows? Uh, Miss Marvel will get her epic collection, volume two, The Woman Who Fell to Earth. Now, this epic collection will be continuing the, 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 the further adventures of Carol Danvers. So if you're looking for Carol Danvers information, this would be a great book to pick up because it will be a chronological series of her stories. Um, Punisher issue 11 will be out. Now, here's another book nobody asked for. But it's coming. Savage Avengers, yeah. issue one. Wolverine, Punisher, Elektra, Conan, Venom, a guy in a suit. I don't know who he is, uh, but they're all going to be put together. Why? Who knows? Trust me. Uh, <laughs> I did order this book. Oh, my god! I don't want it. I don't. I, I, it's not what I was asking for, but like... <laughs> Other than Conan being on the team, some of those characters, I'm like, oh, I kind of really want to see what they're going to do with it. That these guys are on an Avenger team. Like, what does that mean? The Savage Avengers, are they going to be officially sanctioned? Are they going to just be like, hey, we're taking the name kind of yeah. thing? Because who's going to go up and say, fuck you guys, right? <laughs> so We're sending Jarvis to do that yeah. one. Clean up the dirty work. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I mean... No, I, I think there's a lot of good love behind this book. Uh, I think Mike Dodato is big time behind this one, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, it's, you know, we all have our teams. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've, I've often shared with you, I've got my seven characters that I really love. And, you know, I'm sure somebody would be like, what the hell? You know, like, that's such a weird team. And that's what's fun, you know. Peanut butter and jelly, you know, it's it just comes together. So, yeah, Mike Dodato is really big behind this one. Uh, Gary Duggan as well, Jerry Duggan. Jerry. So, yeah, that'll be very interesting. They're, they're good, safe bets. They've always written great stories. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm not going to buy it. Uh, I'll live vicariously through you, Mitch. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Spider-Gwen Ghost Spider issue 8 will be out. There's a lot of Star Wars books, a lot of Star Wars books. And now we come to the part where we can save some money. All right, here we go. True Believers, this week you will get Avengers, the origin of Mantis. Yes, that girl with the antenna, as Rocket so lovingly referred to her. We get to see her origin and backstory. She's actually a major character. Um, This will reprint Avengers issue 123, and this is where we kind of get to see that she is the celestial Madonna because she will give birth to the biggest being in the the most powerful being in the Marvel Universe. So uh, definitely some dated material, but you can see back when she was more than just kind of a goofy side character. Um, Where else did I lose my place? Okay, True Believers, Marvel's Greatest Creations. Uh, Hulk, The Wedding of Rick Jones. Yeah, Rick Jones, uh, his old buddy sidekick there who didn't make it into the Marvel Universe movies. But Rick, who gave us the Avengers, who caused the Hulk, uh, he finally gets to was marry. Was that one time Captain Marvel? Yeah, that's right. One, yeah. one, I, he shared, uh, yeah, shared, a, shared a body with yeah, Captain Marvel. And you 
know what's funny? I never drew that parallel. So Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, right? Mm -hmm. So Billy Batson becomes Shazam. It's the same guy, just different form. And then Rick Jones and Captain Marvel. I never drew that parallel. (laughs) Blows my flipping mind. So like, wow. GT and I were talking about this the other day. And one one thing they really, um, an opportunity they missed in the Captain Marvel movie was instead of, you know how in the movie, and this is, I guess, is a little bit of a spoiler for just the Captain Marvel movie, but it's been out for a couple months now. Um, in the in the in that movie, the Kree give her put a device on her that uh, caps off her power. Essentially, right. what they should have done is give her the negabands. Like th- that device should have been the negabands, and instead of uh, allowing her to release the power like the negabands do for Captain Marvel, right? Uh, it would it was an inhibitor, but it would have been a nice throw to the fans and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that would have been neat. So like- it, it, it would it's, it would assemble it would symbolize. Actual shackles, like that, are keeping her, like yeah, depowered, ta- depowered, and enslaved into, and then yeah. she could have just broke them off, like eventually. But yeah, no, that could have been a cool moment. It would have been good. I don't know why they didn't, they didn't go for that. You know, uh, I mean, I hope that means they have plans to use the Nega bands. You know, because Quasar eventually sure gets enough, them, yeah, and, and and several other characters. So that's the hope. Yeah, but you know, they haven't really respected all the items because I mean, look at the cosmic cube. Yeah, like, oh, it's no, just you're a right. holding cell for a for an infinity, infinity stone. stone yeah. yeah. But yeah, so but anyway, yeah, here we get to see Rick Jones, Mary Marla. I can't think of her last name, but she's Death. So right, Rick the one Jones. that showed up in Ben Riley's yeah. uh, Scarlet Spider book. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be very interesting. Uh, let's see, True Believers will also be jumping into the Star Wars side of things. So hopefully, these titles mean something to you. Darth Maul, son of Dathmorir. Uh, so whatever that is, uh, probably will be starting the origin arc of Dark Maul. Ewoks number one. Rebel Jail number one and Thrawn number one. So definitely they're planning on doing some big Star Wars stuff. So true believers, go out there for a dollar, see what you get. Uncanny X-Men issue 17 will be released. I am looking forward to the second half of this This Is Forever arc. And this one basically is the cover that shows Cyclops and Wolverine in front of the grave. So uh, if we read issue 16, spoilers, but it's been two weeks now, uh, Renee died. So maybe Mm -hmm. we'll find out how she died. That made me sad. I think it's Ron. You're talking about uh, Will Spain, right? Yeah, Will Spain. Yeah, I think it's R H A N E. Uh-huh. R A H N E. I think right. the, I think he, I always thought it was Ron. Oh, I always thought it was Renee, but uh, now it's we'll have to talk to some uh, to some Irish folks. Irish folks, yeah. yeah, yeah I know what it is. Uh, huh, interesting. That, that, that kind of that's something there. So yeah. Um, well, let's see. And then now, okay, here we are. War of the Realms. So War of the Realms issue two will be getting a second printing. Issue three will be released. And d- 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 you know, you know, what will be a good way to, for us to find this out when if Google? that, if that <laughs> no, that new mutants movie ever comes out. Oh my gosh, right? I the characters would have to say their name. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't well, it the Game of Thrones? Yeah, film, right. Um, yeah. Maisie Williams is supposed to be playing Will Spain, I believe. So I'm sure there's going to be an interview. So that's what we'll have to do after this. We'll have to go <laughs> Google some interviews. So I'm sure she was like, "Oh, I'm playing," you know, Ron, Ron. Ron. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's going to be something even more wacky. We're both wrong. <laughs> Um, but anyways, uh, so War of the Realms issue three has a ton of variant covers, so definitely choose wisely. Uh, War of Realms Strike Force, the Dark Elf Realm will be out there. And if I remember correctly, I think this is the one. Nope. This one, actually, this is funny because this kind of seems like this would be more the Savage Avengers. So you've got Punisher, She-Hulk, Blade, the uh, Jaime Wright. Nope. Is it Robert? Robert, Robert Reyes. Yeah, Robert Reyes. Robbie Ghost, Reyes. Robbie, yeah, Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider. And I believe Valkyrie. Um, you have them going on 
to tackle on all this, the, the craziness that's going on with all these elves and dwarves attacking our, our world. So that would have been something else there. Um, and nope, that's it. So that's what's out there in your spinner racks. Shop wisely. So that's what's on your spinner rack for this week. Uh, let's go ahead and get into Thanos. I mean, obviously a big part of the MCU in the last two movies, Infinity War and Endgame, but I think our first appearance of him in the MCU would be uh, Avengers 2012. Yes, yeah, in the movies, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah so that, that, The teaser, right? That's what they call him? No. Yeah, I mean, it's kind stinger. of essentially a stinger, an uh, in-credit scene. You know, you see his grin when uh, his ward is essentially telling it. Not his ward, his... Uh, lackey. Lackey, yeah, <laughs> sure. Is like, hey, uh, you know, going to Earth, trying to get the Infinity Stones there, uh uh, fighting the Avengers is equivalent to courting death, and then you get the, the the grin, which is very much a hey, we know that Thanos is in love with the actual death, so that's uh, it's kind of a thing. Yep. Yeah. No, that was uh, going back to that moment. That was huge. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that was huge. Oh my god! Like my inner comic fan was squealing with joy. You know, that was just so cool because it's like we're gonna go out there. We're gonna go to space. I mean, it's definitely, I would say it's definitely been a big part of, of uh, phase three and more than likely a huge part of phase four. Well, the fact that now they're, 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 they're not even really focusing on phases. Now this is just what the infinity saga, right? Isn't that what they call well, it? That's this? what they called the, yeah, the first three yeah. phases is, is being called the infinity saga. Even though the first Iron Man, the second Iron Man, the first Captain America and the first Thor have absolutely nothing to do with infinity stones. Other than the fact that the, ter- t- the Tesseract or the Cosmic Cube eventually becomes yeah. the No, on their own, they're just origin. Stone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're just origin stories. Yeah. But, yeah, it is funny how, like, eventually they do adopt it where it's like, oh, let's make the Cosmic Cube one of those little stones. And, and then and the Eye of Agamotto is the Time Stone and Ether is the Reality Stone. It's just like... We already had those things. You could have just had those things separate, but this, it, it, it makes it more interconnected, which is fine. Like it's the movies, and yeah. I'm okay with it. I just want I just want the Eye of Agamotto to be the actual Eye of Agamotto, also. Yeah, no, I, I definitely I feel you there. Like I don't mind there being a connection, but I hope that like that was just one cosmic cube that was different than the other cosmic cubes, right? Which still could be something because if we for a Captain Marvel spoiler, you have a cosmic cube that was it's the same one is it yeah but i thought it would have been so essentially uh howard stark finds the one after captain captain america first avenger he finds it in in the ocean right he brings it back puts it into shield headquarters shield headquarters and then uh, at some point shield then gives it to marvell to use to make the faster than light engine that you see in captain marvel then the forgan whatever it's called the, the kitty cat eats it then puts it onto onto Captain or Captain uh, Agent uh, Fury's yeah. desk, and then as Agent Fury becomes Director Fury, he puts it back into the Pegasus containment unit that we see it in uh, Avengers. Okay, all right. So I guess I just had this thought in my mind that there was yeah. still one on the ship. No, but no, you're right. That it, it got eaten by the cat, brought back to Earth. Right. Okay. All right. Then all right, I'll accept that. <laughs> uh, but I hope there is something more to the cosmic cube than just being like, "Oh, you're a, a stone holder." You're the, <laughs> the, the the space stone, which is still in- interesting that they ended up giving that one the space, the space uh, stone instead of like 
I don't know. It feels like the power. It should have been the Power Stone. The way it's used in Avengers: Infinity War, or not if Infinity anything, War. I'm sorry, I, uh, I was Captain America: First Avenger. Well, I feel like it should have been the reality, like just because the way that in the comics. But again, that, that's all irrelevant. Well, but, yes, the Cosmic Cube you know, definitely should be a reality stone, yeah, not a. Uh, you change things, <laughs> you know, until you want. So yeah. But yeah, no, a lot of great stuff to to mine there, and they've done it. And so now what we want to do is connect those threads back to comic books. Okay, so let me go ahead and tell you the Marvel Comics first appearance of Thanos was the Invincible Iron Man. I was about to say Spider Man, <laughs> Invincible Iron Man number fifty five in February nineteen seventy three, created by Jim Starling. Now, the Wikipedia entry is just created by Jim Starling, so he's the writer and the artist? Yes, sir. That is incredible. Yeah. No, so this, just going into the history of it, now this is where we start to basically... Jack Kirby pioneered a lot. Uh, Will Eisner pioneered a lot as well, but I would definitely say Will Eisner, as famous as he was, he was more kind of offbeat on a different segment. Uh, uh, King Kirby was definitely of the big two. And so once he broke off from Stan Lee, went over to DC, created the whole fourth world, I think that inspired a lot of people to be, or probably definitely a lot of artists to start thinking about writing. Because, yeah, most of the time these characters are shared, you know, I came up with the idea, you draw it, there we go, and that's our partnership. Um, but now, yeah, you're, you're going to start seeing, this is what, in the 70s now, you're going to start seeing a lot of solo acts come to rise. And Jim Starlin was definitely one of the first ones to do that. So uh, do you know anything about the Invincible Iron Man number 55? So I've actually read the issue. Um, they, they, As part of Marvel's True Believer series, they've reprinted it. So it's for a dollar. Go pick it up while you can, you know, if you definitely want to read it. It's, it's a very pivotal comic. Um, I don't know if you remember these back in, like, the early 90s when they did those Marvel Milestone editions. So they were classic comics with the silver wraparound on them, and mm-hmm. they would reprint yeah. old stories. This actually made the cut. So they even knew back then that Thanos was a huge character. Um it's goofy. It's such a weird offbeat tale. Thanos does not look like how he does. You really? Know, oh, yeah. He's actually, he's, he's kind of very thin looking because even as Jim Starlin himself said, you know, he, he based it off of the idea that he wanted to do the new gods. You know, he was like, yeah, I want to I wanna have my own version and stuff like that. So Thanos is a ripoff of, um, oh, gosh, the guy in the chair, Metron. Metron, okay. So that explains like his weird looking cowl and stuff like that. Then, of course, they said, you know, which uh, is interesting because a lot of people will say that he's a rip off of, of Darkseid. Oh, exactly. And that's exactly what goes on, because then I believe Roy Thomas was the editor at the time. And so he's like, hey, if you're going to rip off the new gods, rip off that Darkseid one. He's the cool looking one. And um, but anyways, yeah, it's a really it's a really head trippy tale. You know, Thanos comes to Earth and as soon as he does, he crashes he crashes into this car and he creates, well, because of that, he kills this family. And so Mm. Drax, the destroyer is created. Now for me, when I look at this Drax, he looks like Martian Manhunter. Right. Cause he's not bulky yet. He's just, he is what he is. And but he's also a human. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. Uh, he, he's based off of the, 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 the rage and the revenge of, Oh, I can't think of his human identity, but anyways. Yeah. So he, he calls forth Iron Man, uh, Iron Man's like, okay, something's summoning me. So then he goes and we see that Drax is a prisoner of Thanos, um, and it's just it's it's funny because Iron Man is not known for space quite yet. Right. You know, even Marvel itself isn't quite yet known for space because Captain Marvel is his own comic book feature. He's kind of still like he hasn't really mingled much yet with the main Marvel universe. But Jim Starlin got a chance to write a comic and he was like, you know what? These characters of mine, they might not appear anywhere else. So I got to do this. 
And so, yeah, he put it into the Iron Man story. And what's neat about it is there is a story, and it's not just an Iron Man story. So Jim Starlin managed to take these characters, Thanos and Drax, and he took them everywhere he went. So uh, Jim Starlin was writing Captain Marvel, so part of the Thanos story would go there. And it obviously worked because Captain Marvel is of Kree, so he's from outer space as well. So we get to see some of the action flow over there. But the story reads, um, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big story, Iron Man 55, Invincible Iron Man 55, because it gives you all of it. It gives you the groundwork. Um, you know, it talks about being on the planet Titan, you know, how they're the children of Maker. Um, and uh, it, it kind of introduces the Eternals. Now, I've always been curious. I guess they don't necessarily call them the Eternals um, yet because okay. the Eternals is credited as a Jack Kirby creation. Um, but we do see Mentor and Eros, and Eros eventually gets recolored uh, because he was purple looking just like Thanos, and so was Mentor. So they eventually get recolored so they look more humanistic, uh, the Caucasian color skin. Um, but Eros eventually becomes the Avenger we know as Starfire. Starfox, I mean, Starfox. Right. So he's got his charming ways of manipulating emotions, which I kind of find funny because now that makes me think of him as kind of like Psycho Pirate. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's a it's a really trippy tale. Uh, it's the original origin of all those guys and ties together. So we do know that Drax is charged with killing Thanos because he wants to get revenge for the fact that him and his daughter were killed. Um, and when they were born, they were born as Drax and Moonstone. So yeah, really, really wild. Uh, Jim Starlin, if I remember, he's actually the artist on this one. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he is. He's the artist on this one. Uh, Mike, F I, I don't know if it's, I, I want to say Frederick. I know he's a British fellow. He did a lot of comics. He did a lot of great stuff. So he was the co-writer on this one. But yeah, this was pretty much a, a one-man a one -man team on this one. So you know? just a, a few of the other characters that Jim Starlin has created in the past. You have uh, the Blood Brothers, um, Death, Marvel's version of Death, uh, Doppelganger, Drax the, Drax the Destroyer, like you said, Eon, Gamora, uh, Korvac, Kronos, Kronos, I don't know exactly which Kronos that is. I guess you could click on the link and find out. But um, Mentor, like you just said, Midnight Sun, Mongol. Oh, I didn't know he created Mongol. That's yeah, Mongol. that's right. That's I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, Pip the Troll, Shang Chi, which we know Marvel is going or Marvel They're Studios is going to be doing yeah. a, a Marvel uh, Shang Chi movie. Star Fox, like you just said, uh, Thanos and KG Beast. Oh yeah, okay, that's right. I forgot he did a he did an amazing run on Batman. Yeah. Um, I don't think he was the. Yeah, no, he was the one who killed Robin. I believe he wrote Death in the Family. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. So. Uh, it looks like the Marvel version of Kronos. Kronos. Yeah, yeah, the creepy looking one with the weird face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah. I just wanted to give a little bit of background. Does it no, yeah, the he's, characters he's created? Yeah, well, he, he basically he did a stint in the military, and then uh, once he got out of the military, uh, he took some psych uh, psychology classes, and he just I guess he really got involved in the study of the mind and, and human behaviors and whatnot, and so he he like these are emotional characters because Dark Side or not Dark Side Thanos Thanos is just jealousy. You know, like yeah. he's just it's, or like ego run wild too, yeah. because he's the the idea that he's so important that he wants to court death, or you know, he he's got to kill off half the galaxy's universe's population just so that, hey, I did this for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's just he's such a wild character, and all of them are. You know, so it's it's really exciting stuff. Um, 
like so basically i've always looked at there's this trade paperback so if, if we're talking about stuff to go get it's called the avengers versus thanos uh they released it as a big trade and i like to call this this is the first life of thanos so this is jim starlin um, he was going all over the place. So many of the titles, it goes from like Iron Man, Captain Marvel, Marvel Feature, Daredevil, Avengers, Warlock. And then it finally concludes in the big Avengers Annual Issue 7, which then continues into Marvel 2-in-1 Annual Number 2. Um, but yeah, he was all over the place. So this wasn't like, you know, like you'd look for the little headers on top of the comics and you know to buy it. So this was just the growing threat of Thanos. And this one really ties more specifically just into the Avengers because the Avengers do wind up needing the help of Captain Marvel and Warlock, which sounds very much kind of like what our movies are based off of. Um, and it's, it's crazy, you know, it's just, it's the stakes are high. You know, he, he's pursuing a cosmic cube at this point, and he's just trying to get all powerful to destroy everything recreated in his image kind of thought. So which sounds very much more in tone with Endgame Thanos as opposed to Infinity War Thanos. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great trade paperback. If you could go out there and get it, it's it's pretty hefty. It's like about 35 bucks. Um, definitely shop around for it online, but it might be a little bit more because it's out of print. I know they're going to redo it as an omnibus because... Like right now, Jim Starlin is the man. Uh, he, he's very much like they've been mining a lot of his stuff. Like Chris Claremont was definitely the man for a while there when they were looking at the X-Men movies. Right. But it's like, hey, we only get part of that with Fox. So Jim Starlin, his, a lot of his stuff will be recollected. So they're doing omnibus editions, which will feature the story and everything involved. Now, do you find it strange? Because like, we talked about how they're, he's the counterpart essentially to Darkseid. Now, Darkseid, I feel like whenever the Justice League goes up against Darkseid, they defeat him, but they never kill him. Like they they might imprison him on the source wall. They might turn him into a baby kind of thing, but like you never, they never kill him. Thanos it seems like they kill him every time they go up against him, but yet he always comes back. Well, you know, it, it's funny because even even with Darkseid though, he kind of he had that too. Um, when he first appeared, his first main story was just the no God stuff, mm-hmm. and it tied into Jimmy Olsen's book, Mister Miracle, and several others. And they did have a conclusion. Uh, I've never read it yet, but it's The Hunger Dogs. So Marvel, or sorry, DC did a graphic novel special called The Hunger Dogs, which was supposed to fix the ending of the New God stuff. Because if I remember correctly, I think um, they were done with it. They just like, they didn't care for those comics. Mm -hmm. DC was just like, eh, you know, but the fans really loved it. They thought it was something new. It involved Superman. It gave us inner gang and all that crazy stuff. And so they didn't really close it off. They brought it back again in the 70s and they did like a, I want to say like a six issue reprint series and they changed the ending of some of those issues. So like if you actually want to read the New God stuff, they've put a lot of it right back together in trade, but there's a six issue miniseries that, that did that. And so they did end it, like they did put a close on it. But of course you can't get rid of a character like Darkseid, he's just too awesome. Right. So they brought him back in Justice League. And in this one, I want to say it was issues like 180, 283, and 184. And it's the first time where we have the Justice League, the New Gods, and the JSA team up to go after it. And so basically, the, 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 the people of Apocalypse, they're going to resurrect Darkseid. Um, it, it, it speaks a lot to the similarities of what Starlin was doing with Thanos. So I think it's kind of funny how those two characters feel each other. Mm-hmm. Like Darkseid is cool for the look. So that's what 
and, and then kind of the, the, the spectacular cosmos of it all. So that's what leads to Thanos. But the actual heroics and the adventure and, and the quest, that's what fuels the story for both of those two because they start going after it. Um, I do find it funny that in that one, Darkseid was like, hey, I'll just destroy, or not, yeah, Darkseid finally when he comes back, he's like, I'm going to destroy Earth t- Earth 2 and let's put Apocalypse there so that way we'll have our own galaxy to conquest. Uh, so they both had that jackboot you know, earth killerness in them. Right. Uh, Very, very crazy stuff. But yeah, like uh, going back though to that Avengers versus Thanos. So I'm reading that trade. I'm about like halfway through. It is pretty wild. Like it's, cause I know it's hard to go back and read some of those kind of silver bronze age stories sometimes because they're just badly written. Not to be mean. I mean, they've obviously become a comic book writer. I aspire to be one and they're ahead of me. But the printing just the the colors and the printing is just I don't like the old newspaper print looking stuff. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely a relic of its of its era. But I picked up this trade uh, right before Age of Ultron came out, and I gotta say, like it did enthrall me. I just I got caught up in other stories, newer comics, and stuff like that. But it did. It was really a neat quest. Um, it's a great tour de force of the Marvel universe. So that's why I think it's neat, and I really like how the MCU movies did that as well. So like. While most people will really cite the Infinity Gauntlet and the Infinity War and the Infinity Crusade as the big epic of Thanos, that definitely is. They're they're great stories. But I would advise you to definitely go check out that first story arc because it is like it's I want to say like 20 to 30 issues somewhere in there. Um, Everybody's in it at the time, Mm. you know. Reading these stories, it definitely exposed me more to Captain Marvel and even Warlock getting to read more of his character as well. And it's just really cool stuff. Like the visuals are amazing. The stakes are definitely high. Uh, I had to cheat because I, since we were going to talk about it, I was like, oh, I better read the last two issues. So reading that um, Avengers Annual Number 7 and Marvel 2 and 1 Annual Number 2, that, the scope of that story, at least in my eyes, and you know everybody's going to see it differently, but the scope of that story, I feel like they plucked a lot of what you're going to see in Endgame from that. You know, just the desperation, the the big enthralling battles, like it definitely comes from there. Um, they actually reprinted just those two issues. Uh, it was called Thanos: The Final Threat, a two-page one-shot book that they put out, or two two comic books collected as one shot, and they put that out there, and it's really skyrocketed. Like, if you're gonna go search for it, it might be cheaper to buy the big trade instead of just the two-part series. But that was like the grand epic right there. Like that was the omega to this whole story. And it really was just going to be like, okay, here's where it is. This is where everything goes through. And I mean, he's got the Avengers beat. And it just so happens to be that luckily after he kills Adam Warlock, that somehow the essence of Warlock uh, gets Spider-Man and, and triggers a nightmare. And then that causes Spider-Man to be like, I have to go and save these people. I have to go in outer space. Luckily, he runs into the thing. And with the thing, it's like, oh, well, I can fly into space. Sure, not a problem. And they go and, and you know, luckily good triumphs over evil. Um, Adam Warlock has a huge moment in there, though. I think it was really cool the way he defeats Thanos. Like he reemerges from the soul gem. So the infinity gems are definitely there. But at this point, I don't believe there's six yet. That will eventually get fleshed out more 
uh, in the Marvel universe. But yeah, so he, he goes on his quest or he, you know, he, he comes back from the gym and just annihilates Thanos and turns him into a statue. And that was going to be it. That was just the fate of Thanos. Um, the next time you do see Thanos, he appears in the big uh, death of Captain Marvel graphic novel. So when Captain Marvel starts dying of cancer, um, as he's going into death, who's there to escort him? Thanos, you know. So that definitely tells us that, oh, wow, the character is dead. You know, like he, we're not going to see any more of him. Um, and he, he did. He stayed at a publication for quite a while there because most of these stories would take us from about like I would say probably to like the late 70s. And then we really don't see anything at all of Thanos. I mean, maybe a bit piece here and there, you know, something like that, uh, you know, like a flashback appearance or something. But we really, we finally get him back um, 1990. That's when he starts to bloom again. And so luckily we have uh, Jim Starlin writing Silver Surfer. So he starts to go cosmic again in that philosophical ways. So Silver Surfer is mainly having a lot of battles with Mephisto. Uh, Mephisto is, you know, the Marvel version of the devil, the one who cursed Johnny Blaze and all those types of things. And so we they, they revive Thanos. They bring him back to life. Like you just can't have the perfect universe in harmony. You need this evil this this questionable evil too you know because it's not like he's a bad guy per se because you know there's some people that could argue like hey this whole half population thing kind of not a bad idea probably not the best way to get there though you know <laughs> uh but so anyway so yeah they start there so there's a great silver surfer trade there the uh, rebirth of thanos so it'll feature that and it shows explains how he comes back to life uh sets him up then this one's a tough one to get it's called the thanos quest and it's a two-part series and it's actually really fun uh, they did the same thing when they basically right around when the first Avengers movie came out, they were reprinting some Thanos stuff. And I remember buying them and luckily I, I got the Thanos quest and that was the two issues reprinted as one trade or not a trade, but as a, as a one shot book. And that one's actually really fun to read because you see that Thanos goes up against the Celestials and not necessarily like the Celestials with the thumbs up, thumbs down looking stuff, mm-hmm. but just these like celestial gods and he tricks them. He winds up getting their stones. So you see as he goes around collecting the six stones to just put it on his gauntlet and become, you know, all powerful. Now, is he also a celestial or is he the son of a celestial? So he's part of the, the, the Titans, as they call yeah, them. He, and, yeah, he's the Mad Titan. Yeah, he's the Mad Titan. And so, like, I guess the best way to look at them, like... It's tough because, like, okay, so let's go to DC real quick. Like, when you look at the new gods, mm-hmm. do you necessarily think of them as gods or aliens? Y- yeah, aliens. Yeah, and, you know. And, and it's then, the same thing with Thor and the yeah, Asgardians. Thor and they're more just a form of aliens. Right. That might might have came to Earth at one point, and those Earthlings were like, oh, these guys are super, super powerful, powerful, so they're gods. Yeah. So that's how I kind of consider Thanos. He's just a real powerful alien. You know, they're definitely more regal and advanced than us, so that's why they may appear to us being very godlike. So in the grand scheme of the universe, they're not that much more important than, say, an Earthling, but they are definitely more powerful than an Earthling. So, yeah, you'll see that. Which kind of brought me to one, one of the things that I wanted to know is, uh, or not wanted to know, but wanted to talk about is that power-wise, like, Dark Darkseid has the Omega Beams, um, but Thanos, does he necessarily have superpowers? Um, according to the Wikipedia entry, he's got uh, uh, superhuman strength, speed, agility, durability, longevity, superhuman physiology of the Eternals, um, genius level tactician, skilled hand-to-hand combat, and plasma energy projection, which I've never seen the plasma energy projection projection part. 
obviously they most of the time he's depicted having the infinity gauntlet so he has the power of at least the power of uh, one stone at a time if not all but uh the whole like super speed uh, uh or superhuman strength speed and stuff like that maybe that's superhuman but he's an alien a titan so we don't know if he's above average for Titan or, you know, average for a Titan kind of thing. Well, but even then, like, so he's always been considered a mutant Titan. Okay. So, like, because I think it's, you have the Titan, well, so you'll have the, I think it's, the Eternals is like the whole set of them. So the Titans are the good looking ones, and then the Deviants are the bad looking ones. Mm-hmm. So he's a merger of the two. Okay. So that's, yeah, so like. Like, even though we see Star Fox is his brother, if you look at Star Fox, he looks just like a man, you know, mm-hmm. normal physique. He has the power of flight and things like that. But then you look at Thanos and he's just this thick hulk of a dude. So definitely I'd say like for like, I would say that the Titans are definitely more stronger, faster at peak you know, levels compared to humans. But then, yeah, Thanos is definitely a little bit higher up on okay. their scale. That's what I would say. Because, then, you know, they'll each have their powers, kind of like how Orion to Scott Free, you know, stuff okay. like that. Yeah. So each of them have their own power sets and abilities. So, yeah, that was just what he was blessed with. And, and he's got that weird chin. And I didn't, because <laughs> he's part scroll. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I, yeah, he was. Was he? Yeah, at one point they, they tried to say his mother was a scroll. Wow. And, you know, that just did not fly. People were like, yeah, that makes him less. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to bring up? Uh, talking about powers. Oh, yeah. So uh, I know I didn't read it, but I, I believe you did. The most recent um, run miniseries, Thanos Wins. Oh, um, yes. So, yeah. Um, oh, gosh. I can't think of the writer's name right now. Um, it wasn't Starling because he was going to be doing no, his yeah. own Thanos thing, and they kind of screwed him over. Sarah, yeah, the two stories apparently seem similar. Uh, yeah, so we. But got, what I was going to bring well, up about that was just that it kind of dives more into his origin, right? Because I know that's the book that they kind of gave like away a, a his actual name that his mother named him or was going to name him or something like that. Yeah, that was the they they, they and it, it doesn't necessarily tie into his origin. It just reveals that little nugget that oh he would have been named oh, I can't remember. Somebody. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but yeah, so that was an interesting story. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can find out who wrote it. Uh, it's just it it was uh it was definitely a thing to throw out there because of uh the infinity war and thanos being a big part of the mcu at that point so bringing him back into the limelight in the comic books was obviously a great idea um so i, I just it, i just thought i thought maybe they were going to be bringing in some more of his origin or diving more into it in that book but you say they didn't they didn't no so like that book so thanos wins was kind of neat because it plays with the idea of his death and it kind of tackles more again of his ego because the thought process there is we're at the end of all, you know, like just very close to entropy. Mm-hmm. And Thanos is just trying to get that last bit of, you know, love and he can from Lady Death. And so the quest is he needs to defeat the Fallen, which is basically a silver surfer with Mjolnir and he's kind of blackened instead of chrome. Mm. And uh, Thanos has an ally in the Rider, which is Frank Castle, who's been given the power cosmic and the spirit of vengeance. So with this little piece of time stone, because the, the gem has been broken, so he's got a little piece of it. He goes back in time, grabs our Thanos from the 616, takes him into that future. So the two of them conspire. They're going to defeat the Fallen, which they do. And then during that, Thanos of the 616, our Thanos, looks at himself as an older man and he's like, you're scum, you're garbage. Like, how could you let yourself become this? 
Then he figures out, oh, you're hoping that my anger will cause me to kill you so you could finally have a death. No, I'm not going to do that. He takes the gem, goes back to where he needs to be in time, and then that whole timeline's obliterated. Wow. Because whatever Thanos did, he wins. Right. So it's a weird little twist on it. So it's actually, it's a really fun read. Uh, Donnie Cates, I think, wrote it. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Because the... The the Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider, The the Cosmic Ghost Rider, yeah. And so, I mean, it's really fun. It's just, it's it's comic books at its comic bookiness, which is really fun. Uh, The Ghost Rider definitely got a lot out of it. Now, if you're trying to say, like, where should I go for a Thanos origin, I would definitely have to recommend the five-part miniseries Thanos Rising. Uh, That one was written by Jason Aaron and Simone Bianchi was on the art there. Now, that one actually does go into, like, his childhood. Like we see basically the birth of Thanos, the last moments with his mom and, and things like that. Um, so it, it like, and I think they put that one out. Let's see. It was released in 2013. Um, so what? That would have been just right after Age of Ultron, I think. Maybe right around Guardians of the Galaxy. So that kind of definitely builds up into that. Um and yeah, we just see how he's growing up, how he's kind of, he's the smart kid. He's a pacifist. Uh, he's definitely isolated because of his appearance. He's kind of, you know, he loves his brother, but kind of jealous of his brother because Eros is this, you know, beautiful looking man. And part of his power is to charm, you know, and there you go. Um, and you learn little things, you know, like all of a sudden, like, his mother actually tries to kill him because she realizes that he's a great evil. So they turn around and nope, you can't be killing your children. So they stick her in a mental institution. Um, then all of a sudden, like, you know, Thanos is like, they're at school, they're going to dissect an animal. And it's like, he's really into this. He's into like the study of death and everything like that. And you just see ultimately his rise to power and, and going about all the things he did. Um, it's, it's a great, I think that would be a great book for you to pick up if you're going to get interested in what the Eternals could be. Because I think if you go and read the actual Eternal stuff by Jack Kirby, it'll probably be a big turnoff. This might be a really good origin for both Thanos and the Eternals as well to see how those people are. Um, but yeah, as it stands, that would definitely be the uh, um, the current origin of Thanos. And it's kind of funny because it's not written by Starlin and I believe he has no input into this as well. Mm. So I, I, I think he's probably not a fan of it, I would say, but you know, Marvel put it out there. Yeah. You know, they commissioned him to, to create a character. So they own it. I mean, he created it, but they own it. Yeah. So they've got it now. Um, that was part of that Marvel now stuff. So there was definitely a big push there. It's, it's a really good looking series. I passed on it. I kind of regret doing that. Um, but again, it's, you know, like they're great characters, they're great villains, you know, and, and considering that I had his first appearances and whatever the origin was of then, I decided to go with it. But I know Jason Aaron, he's a huge, you know, he's a big fan of stuff and he's got some great stories. So I would definitely say put that one on your radar as well. So let me ask you this. Uh, is Thanos the ultimate bad guy in the Marvel Universe? Because you have like the Red Skull, but that he'll show up all the time in in Captain Marvel book or Captain America books. Right, right. You have uh, Doctor Doom, he's always going to be around the Fantastic Four. You have Magneto, he'll always be around the X-Men. Thanos only shows up every once in a while, maybe once a decade or something like that. Right. Um and he I mean it usually takes all the Avengers or all the heroes in the in the universe to to go up against him right but is there someone worse is mephesto worse you know honestly galactus worse i i would have to say and it's funny because i'm glad that you named those two specifically um thanos had his own book 
I want to say this was 2006, like right around when Marvel started doing the Annihilation. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it spun out of that book. And the first six issues of that arc was written by Jim Starlin, and it actually had Galactus versus Thanos. And Thanos just, he manhandles Galactus. <laughs> you know, he's like, Who no, actually is you know. a celestial. Yeah, you know, and Thanos, or sorry, Galactus is a character from before the Big Bang. He mm -hmm. was like somebody to survive that. So, I mean, I would definitely say Thanos is worse than, and than Galactus because Galactus is like a storm. It happens. You know, you're not going to get mad at a tornado. Your house is still going to get destroyed. You may lose people and things, but you can't get really mad at it. Uh, but Thanos is just as powerful as a storm, and he chooses to come after you. Right. You know, so that's what makes him worse. Uh, when you talk about Mephisto, same thing in its nature. It is what it is. You know, Mephisto's a schemer, and he's causing all kinds of problems and things like that. He sometimes has been good only to his benefit. And even then he has helped the heroes because even he realized that Thanos is too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Cause would, you can't, you can't take anybody's souls if all the souls are gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, Oh man, this guy's going to put me out of work. Yeah. So I would definitely say, yeah, like when it comes down to it, Thanos is definitely the evil of evil. Now you mentioned Dr. Doom and I would say he like, those two are definitely of the same level. Oh really? Yeah. Because like, you know, I mean, like, granted, when you look at space and all that stuff, rarely do do the humans get to go to a planet where that's like, oh, we look like we're titans, you know, like we're amazing and stuff like that. No, humans are always, you know, oh, that backwater planet. They don't even know space transports yet, you know, but Dr. Doom, it's because of their mind and the way they scheme because, you know, Dr. Doom, he did it all. He studied the sciences, but he also studied the mysticism, right? You know, so he understands both of those realms and worlds. Uh, same thing with Thanos. They've alluded to that where it's like, yeah, he may be an alien of, of to us, but he's definitely studied a lot of the cultures and ways of his planets or of his, of his planet and things like that. So I, I put them like on the same level, like, like how, like, I think that would be a cool, actually, now I'm cooking it up in my mind. I think that'd be a great series like Marvel, you know, Doom versus Thanos, <laughs> you know, because even in their names, you know, it's yeah. like the Red Skull. Okay, well, you know, it's a skull. I guess that's scary. But Dr. Doom, <laughs> you know, Thanos, you know, it's like, oh, shoot, you know, so those two would definitely be some top shelf level guys, you know, Galactus, Mephisto, Magneto. They have their causes, they have their ways, but at the end of it, you know, some people could survive. But with Doom and Thanos, you're either going to be enslaved or you're going to be killed, you know, just because they're cunning SOBs and mm. stuff like that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, if we're going to talk about some of the stories of Thanos to look at, I recommend, and I really had a great time with this one. So, like I said, I definitely mentioned, you know, like the lives of Thanos. Um, just because of the way his character has been structured. Um, definitely, you know, read the Infinity Trilogy, the Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, and Infinity Crusade. They're great stories. Uh, in the Gauntlet, Thanos plays a big part because he's the main villain. But in the second two parts of the story, he's not as much the focal character, but he definitely comes in to advise the heroes and villains of what they can to survive. Then there's a story that was the one that I was recommending uh, when Thanos had his series. Gosh, I wish I could get a date on this. Um... But it was Thanos issues one through six, and it was written by Jim Starlin, and that one was called Epiphany, and that was the one that I was talking about where Thanos and Galactus have to fight uh, because something, it's called the hunger. It basically takes over Galactus, and it it's having him quest for power. So it's kind of like a Infinity Gauntlet in reverse, and so now mm. like Doom or Thanos is like, ah, oh, I got to stop that big purple guy, you know, shut him down. Um, another fun one that was really wild, and it, it, it didn't sell that well when it first came out, but I think it's a worthwhile one. It's probably more of a, like a what if, 
at least when it was first published, it was just something to do. Because I don't know if you remember that, that era when Marvel was doing those The End, X-Men, yeah. The End, yep. Fantastic Four, The End, and all that stuff. So they did one titled Marvel, The End. And the guy to shut down all of Marvel creation, Thanos. Yep. Uh, it was it was his big story there. So again, Jim Starlin wrote that one. Um, they deal with the heart of the infinite. So Thanos manages to get it, and he realizes that it's just too much because it was like this pharaoh, Pharaoh uh, Akhenaten. I'm horrible at my Egyptian, um, but basically he he gets the heart of the infinite. He starts destroying everything, and it's like. Thanos, it's like, well, it's my right to destroy everything. And then he does have the chance to destroy everything, and it's like, well, this is boring. Let's not have that happen. Yeah. So I think they've actually made that story in continuity now just because of the popular popularity of Thanos. You know, So that's a, that's a definite big one there. Um, I know there's a lot of fan love for Captain Marvel right now. So if you want to get some more of the origin of Captain Marvel, an interesting place to start is the death of Captain Marvel. And that was the first time we see Thanos post his death, uh, written and drawn by Jim Starlin. And that's a real touching emotional story because this, like Captain Marvel, it's funny because we always joke about like nobody stays dead except for Uncle Ben and Bucky. Well, Bucky's, well, Bucky's clearly back, yeah. back and Uncle Ben hasn't. But Star, or, um, Captain Marvel still hasn't come back. You know, his death true. has stayed and stuck. So that was pretty wild. Uh, the Rebirth of Thanos and those Silver Surfer issues, I would definitely recommend to read those in conjunction with the Thanos quest if you're going to read the Infinity Gauntlet. That little trilogy in itself is really neat. Um, then again, as they, that's right, I forgot they called it the Thanos War. So that's that Avengers versus Thanos trade paperback I would recommend there. Um, but the best one I really think that kind of gives it the. Um, I guess this is this is it. I obviously have like a little bit of uh, attachment to this one, but it was the Thanos imperative. So this one was a big part of the the gosh, I guess the, the Marvel Space, as I like to call it. Right. So when they relaunched Marvel Space characters with Annihilation, so that one was pretty good too. Thanos plays a major part in there because Annihilus escapes the negative zone and he just brings all of his bugs and he doesn't care about them and they just spawn like crazy so it's like imagine like imagine if ants were our size we'd be screwed yep. you know like and so that's what's going on in outer space it destroyed the nova core so thanos of course teams up with annihilus and they're both villains so they know they're going to backstab each other uh, it's just a matter of who's going to backstab who first and and you know meet their end game to decide and in that story you actually see uh drax kill thanos he finally does it um but then later on, as the stories continue, Thanos is brought back to life. But mentally, he's not there yet. So this is just an angry, zombie-like Thanos. So the Thanos Imperative, it was a six-issue story. Uh, it had the two one-shots, Ignition and Devastation. And basically, that's the conclusion of all the space stuff. Uh, one of these days, I keep saying it, I really need to do it. I want to write an article about the rebirth of Marvel space. And it really all starts with the Thanos book itself, and it ends right here with the Thanos book again. So it's very bookend. It's a great space arc. It gives us the Guardians of the Galaxy as we see them in the movies, you know, reintroducing uh, Star-Lord, bringing back Drax and Gamora and Rocket and Groot, uh, building up that line. But that story, though, the Thanos Imperative, you could probably find the trade, and it'll have the whole set there. Wow. Like, you want to talk about characters dying and not coming back? That was the plan. Uh, I don't even want to tell you who dies in that book. Yeah. Uh, because when you read it, like, it's so emotional. It was it was very good. Um, 
the folks behind that one, uh, Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, they do some amazing stories. Like if you ever get a chance to read some of their stuff, I highly recommend it. But yeah, that Thanos imperative, that is like, to me, that is the quintessential Thanos story, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, it's, it's bigger than earth. You know, earth is not a big part of this at all. And you just see every space hero out there trying their best to stop this guy. And Thanos is just full mad on. Cause then again, this is like him brought back to life. And he's like, I don't want to be alive. I don't care for this life stuff. I was with death. I was happy. So to hell with it. If I'm going to go out, I'm going to take everything yeah. with me. So yeah, that was a very, very spectacular story. So, uh, yeah, before we wrap it up, I, one thing I wanted to bring up is, a. Uh, one thing that I really remember Thanos from is the the idea that uh, he plays a vital part in the current iteration of Deadpool, because yeah. uh, when Deadpool <laughs> is is killed, you know, um, or anytime that Deadpool dies, he gets to visit Death. Death is infatuated with him. She, she's in love with him, kind of thing. It's essentially so it should be the same one that that's that's married to Rick Jones. Um, it's the same one that made, paid visit to Ben Riley. <laughs> it's uh, it'd be the same one that uh, is Thanos is in love with, and uh, Thanos gets a hold, gets a get, you know, finds out about this, and he's like, hey, 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 this guy is getting a little too close to my girl. Over the grave of Deadpool, he sprinkles <laughs> some like space dust, magic space dust, whatever you want to call it, and uh, it gives an extra boost to Deadpool's healing factor. So. It's kind of another way of Deadpool never being able to die so that he can't get close to Death, who is in love with him, that Thanos is also in love with. Now, that's pretty funny. Right. Because it's like, I guess, like, because in the comics, the thing is, like, there's one person that he fears, and it's, you know, he obviously fears uh, the Hulk. He doesn't want to fight the Hulk. But now it sounds like the real reality is he fears Deadpool because he doesn't want him getting close to his lady. That's right. (laughs) That's funny. So it sounds like that's a, there's a lot of good stories out there for you, for readers to go out there and uh, read if they if they want to learn learn more about Thanos before or after re- watching uh, Infinity War and Endgame or rewatching the MCU and stuff like that. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I mean, the good thing is there's a lot of good collected stuff. Um, if you're looking on the cheaper side of the market, like I said, the True Believers, um, there's a reprint of Thanos's first appearance from Iron Man. Uh, there's also a reprint of him up against the Avengers issue 125. Uh, I think it's just called Avengers versus Thanos. I mean, it's a dollar, so it's not too bad. It's not too super exciting, but it was a big penalty issue. Uh, Thanos, the final threat, reprinting that those two annuals. That's a huge one. And there's just a ton of threads that are trades out there. Um, a great thing to do is go to your local library and request some of these trade paperbacks, see if they can put them in stock, and then read them. And yeah, there's there's a ton of Thanos. I mean, there's there's definitely a strong story for each decade. I think is a great way to look. Yeah, at that. that's a, that's a good, good way so, of looking at it. You know, there's a lot of good stuff there. All right, if you have any uh, questions or ideas or stories that you'd like to throw out there about Thanos, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia G E M. GEM stands for Geek Elite Media. Chris is also on Twitter as... Uh, stuff I should say should being spelled S-H-U-D. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network on our website, geekleetmedia.com. Until next time, though, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to... Geek, geek Out! This concludes our broadcast. Mitch here from Geek Elite Media, and I want to talk to you about Cuts by Candace, an experienced hairstylist that is willing to work with you to get the right look for you. When it comes to important events in my life and I need to look good, I trust my hair with Candace. 
Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of May 2019 and you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook and Cuts by Candice 3 on Instagram and start looking the best you you can.